We are back at it again, people. You already know this is Rolling Credits. I'm Seth, one of your hosts, joined by the Magnificent Three. We got Gums, Pat, and Kirby. On this fine Wednesday morning, we are going to go break down this dystopian movies. I have a tough time saying that. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, the future, the villains of those times, and just much, much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um, First topic of the day, are superhero movies, are superhero universes, dystopia movies? Like, can they be classified as dystopias? I just have a tough time saying that. But we'll start with you, Gums. Yeah, I think they can be. I, I pronounce it dystopian. Dystopian. Um, there you go. It's because it is dystopian. Helps. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, hey, 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 I'm trying to give him some leeway here. No, it's okay. okay. Just come at me, boy. No, that's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. <laughs> it's okay, weird now, seeing now, it now, no, 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 in no, no, writing. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think I think we could say that they're dystopian. Um, I think we could. I really do. Because a lot of people are typically suffering in those universes. Or, like, the government really controls the shit out of those universes. Or, like, the tech in those universes are what's controlling the masses. Like, there's these different levels of... of you can pick out a different dystopian um, types. And I think it would fit most of those universes. In this case, uh, what controls those universes is typically the superheroes or the villains. So, mm-hmm. you just got all of this. Like, those aren't happy worlds, no matter what anybody says or what it looks like. Because they couldn't be regular worlds when a villain could blow you up a continent without batting an eye right or like a super powerful creature could do that right so it's definitely a dystopian thing where at any time you guys could all die for no fucking reason um but the construction crews in those worlds are top fucking notch hope to hire him one day Um, (laughs) my answer is yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah those guys need a raise that's right definitely yeah those guys are killing it (laughs) Pat, what do you got for us um yeah i mean like and we were kind of talking about this earlier but like man this this question really messed with my head because it's just like the on the surface I saw it and I'm like no like they're they're superhero movies it's just not it's not the same thing it's like completely separate but like to Gums's point like you know you look at dystopian movies as as a world or universe or a setting that like the the inhabitants are inherently struggling from some kind of turmoil totalitarian totalitarianism strife or some just some kind of external force that is like bringing down the general population. And like you look at like the look at the biggest franchise in superhero histories and the Marvel movies, it's like it's kind of what Thanos is doing. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of the it's kind of the whole plot is, you know, he's bringing down this totalitarian rule that he can decide kind of the fate of humanity within a single snap of his fingers. So like it really everything in my being really wants to say that no like it's not the same thing like everything my natural gut reaction is to say no but it's like it is really hard because gums's point it's like on paper you really line it out like it kind of is like in like 90 percent of superhero universes yeah like it's just yeah. it's just kind of like parallel to your current universe in a different way kind of yeah. what do you got well i think you know they really just they have to be um you know, most superhero movies, uh, superhero worlds, um, they have a lot of dystopian elements and themes in them because without that element, there really wouldn't be much of a story. Like, why would you need a superhero if you're not in some sort of dystopian world? By the, I mean, who wants to watch, you know, Superman grow flowers because there's nothing better for him to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I feel like every time I watch these fucking Superman movies. I think that's called Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like they have to be um, because, I mean, you know, Gotham, Batman, perfect, perfect, uh, you know, example of this. Like Gotham City is a nightmare and, you know, they need batman they need those superheroes to to really you know rise up and and help them out of this this dystopian nightmare that they're in so yeah i'd say yeah they 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 have to be otherwise there's no superhero movie um thank you guys for saying dystopian multiple times so i could say it right (laughs) (laughs) um three times gets it in your head right yeah (laughs) exactly um so this this was an interesting topic and i kind of like what you guys all already said is like I didn't really think about it, but then, you know, when you sit down and actually like look into it, it, they are all dystopian films and and, like universes. So for me, 
kind of the way I see it is it's, you know, you have these worlds that are filled with crime and you have the people that are basically looking up to these gods to save them. Like the world around them is like in ruins and you have like these elites, like superheroes who we all put our trust in. Um, and you can kind of see that in like the show, um, the boys on Amazon, um, which touches on that a little bit. So I think you could definitely chalk this up to be an dystopian for sure. Mm-hmm. Most um, definitely. Yeah. So, um, Next topic here, because that was that was a fun one. Um, what are your guys' top three dystopian movies or books? Um, and it could be either or, or you can mix and match, kind of whatever. But um, we'll start with you, Kirby. Um, well, I've got to do you know an honorable mention with Idiocracy because hey. uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I love Netflix. yeah. there because, you go because that's you know that's just a fun movie and I feel like that is uh, way too real in some in some points of our uh, society but it um, aged wildly oh yeah yeah 100 <laughs> <My> god uh, <laughs> very accurately in fact um, aged on some crazy shit <laughs> but uh i think my first pick would really have to be equilibrium uh mm, came out in like uh 2000 2002 somewhere around there um you know christian Great bale so law enforcement officer and it's a really totalitarian uh future where you know human emotion is outlawed um, and it's felt that, you know, human emotion is the cause of, you know, all of the, the wars and the turmoil that humanity has suffered. Um, so the, what they create a drug to um, to inhibit those those the feelings of each individual. And, you know, as the story progresses, um, you know, the, the main character, Christian Bale, starts to uh, go off his medication, starts to feel things. And it's just like things just kind of snowball from there. But uh, Equilibrium, definitely one of them. Uh, Fahrenheit 451. Um, is Wait, a curves, great book. Yep, curves. Great before you book. go into Fahrenheit, before yep. you go into Fahrenheit, Equilibrium has some of the best action scenes yeah. ever. Yeah. Okay, he may have described it in a weird way because he didn't mention that Christian Bale goes off with two like fucking samurai swords <laughs> and he's chopping motherfuckers up. Yeah, for like half the movie, that's what he's doing. By the way, he's an assassin. Okay, go ahead and hit for it. I, know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give too much away in the movie, but yeah, it's a lot of action. It's. I mean, it's a great action flick, but coming at it from the dystopian side of it, like. I wanted to really sure. highlight that part, you know. Understandable. I just wanted to put butts in seats, you know. Fair. Assassins. <laughs> Trying to up the stream value, you know. Come on. <laughs> Give the people um, what they want. But uh, Fahrenheit 451, um, largely about, you know, censorship. You have the author- uh, authoritarian government. It doesn't really want the population to to think for itself, uh, to really have any individual ideas. And, um, you know, at that point in history, like the human attention span is so limited that reading isn't really a, a popular pastime anyway. But the main character, uh, Guy, is a fireman. Uh, instead of putting out fires, he's uh, tasked with setting books on fire. Um, and that, like, that to me is just a very scary thing because the more we censor, the less that we learn and, and mm-hmm. the more we regress in, in our you know, our societal evolution. So that really struck with me when, when I read Fahrenheit 451. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I, before but, you get off that, cause I love that. I love that book too. That was yeah. a big nostalgia hit for me. And just that concept of like controlled education yeah. is, is a really terrifying concept, mm-hmm. you know, like where it's like, you can only know what you are designed to know yeah. is, is inherently fairly scary. Just, especially in the age of information that we live, live in now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just talk about kind of like a crazy culture to, to be able to kind of be able to be in a spot where it's like, that was always something cool. And then I'll, did you see the HBO adaptation of that? I was about that to ask that. I did Michael not, no. Jordan? No. It's actually really good. I yeah. personally liked it. I, I, I personally too. liked it a yeah. lot. Yeah. So, I'm going to have to check it out, um, but no. You can never go wrong with Michael B. Jordan. Fans. Fair. Yeah, That's, fair. I mean, That's fair. Um, and I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing that to a certain degree now, like with the, you know, erasing of, of history. Um, it's, uh, starting, yeah. it's starting to affect, you know, what, kids are learning in schools and um we're, we're starting to see the beginnings of that which is frightening to me um yeah, and well and there's to, a lot of countries talk and that. government systems that are or have been in that for a long time yeah yeah and, and to that point too like there's i actually saw that there's a lot of schools in the south that are getting rid of a lot of things and one of those things was like the holocaust so yeah oh uh, yeah yeah so there you know it's kind of going down that path a little bit do you wonder why we're getting rid of stuff instead of adding things yeah i 
is it is it just trying to fit within like a time frame of how fast these kids can learn? Because like I really feel like there should be additions, not subtractions yeah. when it comes to historical yeah. things. Oh, absolutely. Like there's, you know, that famous saying, you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Like you're you're doomed to repeat your mistakes if if you don't know, you know, the consequences of, of your actions. So, yeah, the dumbing down of history is, is a very scary thing for for the future of of just us as a species and us as a society so that's yeah. one of the reasons why fahrenheit 451 was such a great book to me because it really highlighted what what could happen in, in that scenario um and my that will lead me into my my next pick here is uh, 1984 which i mean if i'm mentioning fahrenheit 451 nobody can be surprised about that pick um yeah because you know it deals with a lot of like heavy censorship um especially like today with like our mass media and social media, you see a lot of that uh, going on. And instead of, you know, Fahrenheit 451, it's a, it's an authoritarian government and 1984, it's more of a totalitarian government. And it's just keeping this watchful eye on the population. There's a lot of indoctrination into like, you know, specific ways of thinking. Um, And, you know, we're, again, this is another thing that we're starting to see in our world today. Like I heard, uh, I don't remember who said it, but it was a quote, like, uh, cancel culture was described as an Orwellian nightmare. And, and it kind of, it kind of lives up to that because it's just all about censorship. Well, and the, you know, that, that book in general kind of really started that phrase, big brothers watching. Right. Yep. I mean, that's just yep. such a, such a common phrase. You go back to in today's age, you know, the, with all the stuff that comes out about, you know, the NSA and mm-hmm. like, you know, the jokes that we make about the FBI agent, like watching your phone <laughs> and like doing mm-hmm. the things that you got, you mm-hmm. can't help, but like, you know, it's, we make light of it, but it is something that like, you know, we see in, in, in today's society. Yeah. And that's yeah. a, it's another really great point. It's like that, that book was so pivotal and it's so funny because it's written like, you know, <laughs> 1949. About year, <laughs> yeah. About the year 1984 and we're in 2021 yeah. and we're yeah. still talking about big brother. Like yeah. it is kind of a funny concept in yep. the way that, that aged as well. And then you, you, I mean, you have like, you literally say a word when you're with a group of friends and that thing will show up as an ad on your phone two seconds later. Oh, or definitely. Like exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it definitely, and you know, for my, my um, picks here, cause I, I had some of the same books, so I'm kind of just going to stick to movies, but um, Interstellar was one of them because I, I feel like that is a dystopian film where, you know, the w- earth is dying and they're kind of going out to find a new habitable planet for the future of people. Um, so that one is kind of like, you know, I guess it kind of toes the line there. And I really, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, but for my, my other picks, district nine for sure is one of my favorites. Cause mm-hmm. you, you have a, that movie. Yeah. You Love you it. have a future where aliens are on Earth and basically put in camps and it kind of like toes the line about immigration and how the world treats outsiders and it's just yep. it's such a fantastic film. Um, yeah. So District Nine's up there, and then the other two that I had that I really wanted to kind of hit home was Children of Men. I absolutely mm. love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then I mean I don't know how none of you guys said this, but V for Vendetta. I fucking oh, love yeah, V for Vendetta. Yeah. It's a great and movie. It's funny because like you know that movie was made a while ago, but then you have it, well, you know, it's an uprising against government and in London. And then you have like, um, like cyber terrorism and things like that. And then you see today that mask is everywhere, and it's used by freaking that group anonymous, um, who just like leak dirt on like the elites. So mm-hmm. like that movie kind of started like a revolution, and it you know spiraled spiraled into real life, which is kind of crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. So those are my picks right there for that. Those are all yeah. such really good picks. Like this, this whole discussion is definitely some parts may get a little heavy, but we'll also keep it light. But I'd really mm-hmm. love to hear from your guys' perspectives, like kind of just about these things. Like I haven't read those books, but now I'm kind of interested to to, to pick those up and like really, really actually good. look at them because that's like I love that type of stuff. Like The Giver was a big one for me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Like those types of books really get me going. Um, so I just wanted to just. Give a little clap because you guys are fucking crushing it right now. Thank you, sir. I I did actually have a question. I guess could you chalk up Animal Farm to being dystopian? What's that? Yeah, yeah. I would think so, right? Yeah. Give me a background on that. Yeah, I don't don't know Animal Farm. uh, Basically, it's also George Orwell, and it's basically about like this group of farm animals who like rebel against their like farmer, and they like try to create like a society where animals can be equal, free, and happy. 
So yeah. like, yeah, that's dystopian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just animal dystopia, but yeah. for sure, yeah, it's, it's a like great more book. of a main commentary on like the ideals of like socialism and communism, mm-hmm. and, and like the way that they interact within their society, and like trying mm-hmm. to like create like their own way to escape like what is more considered a totalitarian existence under a farmer mm-hmm. kind of thing. Damn, so broke it's, it down. Yeah, yeah, there it's nice. these are. And these were, I don't know about you guys, these were all books I had to read in high school. Uh, yeah, so I had to read them all in high school. Big, like, nostalgia hits for me. Like, Same. I, I remember Animal Farm the most for some reason. I know I read it in 1984 and the other ones, but Animal Farm is the one that kind of always comes back to me for some reason. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When you said Animal Farm, the first thing that popped up in my head was Animal Crossing. I thought about the chicken coop movie where the chicken flies the coop, the animated like Play-Doh one. Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought of. <laughs> So, um, oh, man. <laughs> this next topic that you kind of brought up gums and, um, you know, hit us with is very, very interesting. So, you know, entertainment has a few main dystopias. You got like government control, environmental destruction, loss of individuality, um, you know, society's en- enemy, survival, tech control, all of those different things. Um, if you guys had, you know, to live in one of those types of, you know, worlds, which would you pick and why? So, sure. um, I, I want to start with gums cause this is just, I like where your head's at. So, yeah. I, and I want to give, I want to like paint this quick picture so that we're all kind of on the same page. Right. So when we think about dystopias, like government control, handmaid's tale, right. Mm-hmm. Environmental destruction. We got idiocracy, Wally, right. Those are environmental destruction, loss of individuality. We've got the giver. Um, society is the enemy, maybe something like the fifth wave, right? Because the aliens come and take over and then they're like, you know, you got to do what we say. We run this now. Mm-hmm. Survival, you got the the old 1980s Battle Royal movie, uh, which is just about kids killing each other in this Battle Royal. And then tech control, you got things like the Terminator, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's kind of where we go. So like this is really an open category system. And if I had to pick one to live in, Yikes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd want to pick any of them to live in, to be quite frank. Um, I, I I may say society is the enemy is maybe the one I pick because it seems the most likely where I'd have an OK life if I wasn't the main fucking character. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the main character, you might be able to overcome these obstacles. But I'm going <laughs> to think of myself as just like a side dude, like cannon fodder when they're out on the battlefield. I'm flying in the air from the cannonball like <laughs> If I think of it that way, I'll probably say society's the enemy um, because I feel like we could, I could like still fight back, so to speak. Whereas, like, if the government runs control, I mean, you see how, you know, quote unquote, those countries where the government's in control run, you don't have a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, if the environment's destroyed, well, we're all screwed, man. Like, that's just war. Um, and then lots of individuality will. that never ends well, right? So, like, all those things, I think society's the enemy. For my final answer, that's where I choose to live as cannon fodder. No. Can, I, can I go next before I lose my like train of thought here? Right, go sure. for it, dude. Go, go for ahead. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, go <laughs> so, um, kind of the way you described everything, Gums, because I guess I didn't really understand the question at first, but the way you described it, you know, they're all you have these different topics, but like we are def- definitely in the realm of tech control. Like they have legit robots now that yeah. like can talk, like blink, have like emotions. They have robots that are like doing military stuff. Like, I feel like we're kind of well past the point of like that becoming, you know, a, a thing of the past. Like that is going to be a reality. So hold that thought because we do have a question that pertains to it. And we talk yeah. about, are we headed to a dystopia? And I think mm-hmm. you should really bring that up during that. Okay, yeah, so then, yeah. yeah, so that that's my answer, and then I'll, I'll talk about it more in a little bit here, so. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, go ahead, uh, Pat, we'll start with you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think my, my natural reaction was going to say, be able to say society is the enemy. I don't know if it's more maybe, like, just, like, the punk, like, you know, like, emo kid from, like, <laughs> my middle school days that, that is saying that, like, yeah, you rebel against the society, man. But I, I kind of, to Gums's point, it's, it is kind of, like, in, like, the... Think like kind of like we brought up with V for Vendetta, being like you know in that society it is like you have more of that like that fighting chance. It's like mm-hmm. you're always kind of like one good good uprising from like bringing it back to society. Kind of, and it's also I also think it is interesting how like these kind of overlap. Like a lot of like that society is the enemy can like really kind of tie in with government control and like mm-hmm. how those kind of those sections can kind of overlap in certain areas and like how you do need like kind of the same type of protagonist to fight each one. Um, 
my kind of like honorable mention was going to be tech control mm-hmm. and it was going to be like kind of like almost like an iRobot type situation you know where it is just like um I just don't think loss of individuality, environmental destruction, like loss of individuality sounds just literally painful in and of itself. And environmental destruction comes to your point is just like, shit out of luck, don't know what I'm doing. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Like, uh, and and, uh, to survive, that also kind of falls in with survival. So it's like, if I had to pick a, a second, it'd be tech control and just kind of hope at least the robots are chill for a little bit. And like, you know, maybe, maybe we do it a little bit before Will Smith goes nuts on everybody. Like I'm good. Like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I'll run it that way. Uh, if I had to choose one, I would honestly go with government control because we're kind of spinning in that direction anyway. At least if you uh, if you watch the you protests, see, you're comfortable with it. It's not really because I'm comfortable with it, because I think it'd be, probably be the easiest one to come back from, because, you know, it if you look at, you know, a dystopian novel, a dystopian movie where, you know, the government really is in control of everything or, you know, where we're where we may or may not be heading as a society. I won't get into my own political beliefs, um, but uh you know, there's really like so far that people can be pushed before they kind of say, fuck you, we've had enough of this. And, yeah. and you just replace the government and you start over again. I, so I personally think that the governmental control would be just the easiest one to, to, you know, bring ourselves out of is, I mean, environmental destruction. Yeah. We're, we're screwed. You're not really fixing that. Um, so that would be my pick. I, I kind of want to stick to uh, the reality we're heading towards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair I, I, yeah. I would actually, I would, I'll counter that. I, I'm scared. Like, I feel like if once you lose your gut, it's like one of those things when you break a toy, you never get the same toy back when it's fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I That's fear. That's kind of fearful because I just feel like once you break that government, it kind of never becomes what it was. Well, it so, doesn't have to become I, what it was. So or, the, the way yeah. that I would think about it is, you know, the way that um, we'll use the U.S. government as an example, because that's where we live. Um, yep. The way that has progressed since its inception has led to, you know, I mean, we don't we don't even bat an eye at corruption in our government anymore. Like across the globe, like it's just mm-hmm. it's it's baked into the cake at this point. Like that's everybody expects it. So why would we want to yeah. repeat it if we tore that down? It- wouldn't hasn't it always that's very true but i think we're i think um i personally i would think that we've always been corrupt in the government it's oh, just yeah, about yeah. what corruption worked for us the best that that comes well, down uh, to and, that comes uh, down and, to human nature um yeah and, so when we just, the availability of information to see that it's happening yeah i was yeah. just about to Correct. say that so that's yeah. the change right so but like, media I, and social media has just changed that realm so you see everything now Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying from the top point of view is like, I think it's harder to come back from not so much just like to, to pile in on the government, but more so like once we destroy it and we uprise, I really feel like we as as Americans would fucking fight forever. Like, I just mm. think we would be so fucking I, chaotic. It's just like, ah, I will never rebuild this thing. That's kind of where I was headed with it. Yeah, not so yeah. much as like, no, I'm I got you. I got you. I'm not against like build, taking it down to build it back up. I'm just like, holy shit. Though. They're, they're not using the builders from the Marvel universe on this motherfucker. <laughs> I got to say, though, I think kind of a little bit to Kirby's point um, is you kind of look like the overarching history of humans and stuff like that. Like over a long enough timeline, you kind of start to see like where you know, the way that different forms of government have like evolved over time where, you know, a certain way of thinking can kind of come into play and it will take up a very large portion of time. Think the republics with the ancient Greeks and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the way that evolves into things like the ideas like democracy and monarchy later on after that, where like a certain way of thinking will usually kind of take hold for a certain period of time. And then eventually that system's got to break and then people figure out new ways of doing things. Now, is it always right? No. Is it is it necessarily going to be correct every time? Is the new system going to work? But like you do have to kind of look at it at a long enough timeline. There there will eventually be a way that you know our current system doesn't work. Got to break it. Got to do something new. Like, yep. yeah. It's just kind of way that kind of falls into place. Mm-hmm. The phoenix shall rise from the ashes, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they say. Mm-hmm. So the next topic, and I'll kind of start with my answer here because it, it was kind of what I was about to say. So. The next topic that I wanted to bring up is, you know, in thinking about our society today, are we headed to a, a dystopia type kind of future? 
And I know, you know, Kirby, you, you wanted to go down. He didn't want to go down this path, but <laughs> it was a question on here. So we had, we had to do it. So I'll start off with my answer, I guess, because, you know, it was kind of what I was about to say. Um, and then after hearing everything that you guys have all said, I think it's a little bit of everything. So I think it is survival. I think it's environmental destruction. And I think it's tech. And the reason I say that is, you know, obviously we have global warming. Like Arizona every summer is hotter than the last. <laughs> Um, there is proof that, that it, it, you know, it exists. So it's like, you have that, the survival thing, honestly, after this pandemic, I don't know how we would do because toilet paper was like the first thing (laughs) that sold out. And like, we did not as like a society handle that well at all. (laughs) I'll wipe my own ass. (laughs) So like, if there was to be like a true, like crazy disaster, like, I don't know how we're going to react to that if we can barely handle like a pandemic. Um, And then the tech thing, like I definitely see that in our future. I mean, what they already just brought up the fact about bringing doing the metaverse, yeah. uh, which is essentially what um, what's that movie Ready Player One? Yeah, is essentially that everyone's. Uh, that gonna, sounds great. Okay. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> I'm all for that. But I'm just then, not trying to Terminator. I'm yeah. more for yeah. the the Ready Player One, Ready less player of one. the Terminator. <laughs> I mean, I'm down to play some real life video games, which is what kind of what they're trying to do. But at the same time, you also like you know, I was about to say earlier is you have all of these robots that are basically giving emotion and um, what Elon Musk Neuralink, where he was like able to talk, like use a pig to communicate. I, I forgot what the whole thing was, but I know like they succeeded with it. Um, and then you have uh, like the robots that are working for the military where they can just utilize them instead of using real people. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that, that that is a realistic thing in our future. Like mm-hmm. it could happen. It's just honestly at this point, it's a matter of which one of those things is going to happen. Because mm-hmm. obviously you have global warming, you have the robot stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of just my take on it. Hopefully it's not anytime soon, but <laughs> yeah. hopefully we're gone, right? Leave yeah. it to our kids like everybody yeah. else did. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else did. Yeah. down the road a yeah. little bit. Inherit yeah. the debt, man. Get out of my face. Yeah. The older yeah. we get, it's more of like, I get why you guys left this for us. We're yeah. going to pass on to. We'll go with you, Kirby. Um, I think that I think that it really feels that way. Um, yeah. I don't know necessarily that we're we're you know running headfirst into like a dystopian future but it definitely feels that way like especially over the past couple of years like we've all been stuck at home like we're consuming like just endless amounts of media and it's not all good it's actually very little it's good um you know we have like this news culture that that rushes out stories uh that fits kind of whatever narrative is going on that week um and there's really no fact checking and we just see doom and gloom in the forefront of our culture in our society and we've been Mm -hmm. consuming that for for the past two years um because you know to like you know media companies that's what sells that's what people click on that's what people are interested in got Uh, a new title for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i know really (laughs) you think we're not gonna we think we're not gonna clickbait the shit out of this (laughs) (laughs) keep getting those heat keep giving us this heat um (laughs) we're about to be rich (laughs) um so you know you know unfortunately for us that's what we're seeing like especially when we're home all the time um i have a little like fortunately um and pat you might be able to like kind of get behind this but have a little bit of a different perspective on things because fortunately for me like with my day job i still get out every day i'm you know i'm face to face with the public i'm working in accounts i'm talking to people and like i see you know a lot of the good that's still around the communities that are still together and you know the love that people have for each other and and what you know you know how people are helping each other out like the other day in a store um, I saw, you know, a guy that, that that couldn't pay for his groceries and the lady behind him paid for it. Like, so I don't think that, you know, we're really rushing towards that societal dystopia. We're not as divided as as we're meant to think we are. Um, I just believe that we've seen, you know, a, a very loud minority um, on both sides of the, the spectrum, like the societal spectrum. Um, it's not really representative of where our society is. Um but, you know, I could see it going that way. And I, before you continue, I, I kind of agree with that, too. And it's kind of like, I didn't want to sound so dark and gloomy with my take on it. But, but like, the, the media has such a pull on that now. And it's like, you only see one thing. So it's like, 
I do see it in some aspects, but then it could also be very exaggerated um, yeah. as well. So I, I really appreciate your take there. I mean, I yeah. feel like a lot of what we consume, especially as far as like news media is concerned, is so sensationalized because um, as you know, mentioned in when I was talking about Fahrenheit 451, like the human attention span is so short. So you have to have something yeah. that is in their face to get their attention, to get their views, to get the money. And that's what it boils down to. And they're just going for money, but we're, you know, we're, we're, I think at the first time in, in our society are seeing like the effect of just, uh, you know, mass consumption of, of controlled news sources. Um, and it's, it's really taken a toll on people. Um, but when you get out and you see people talk to them face to face, not on the internet, because the internet's a fucking awful place. Um, like you realize that, yeah, you realize that people aren't these absolute fucking assholes. Uh, and, and a lot of people, you know, they're, they're very kind to each other. So at least that's what I see on a, a a daily basis. So I feel like we could be going in that direction. We're seeing a lot of like government programs that are coming in that are, are like uh mandates that are coming down that are really limiting what people would see as their freedoms and you could kind of interpret that as as you know heading towards a governmental control dystopia but i don't really think we're there yet and i don't think we're moving there as quickly as some people think we would be yeah i and i would i would agree with that um and in fact i just want to put this out there that i think you are going to be you are what your environment is mm-hmm. right so yeah. that should be like said very loud and clear. Yeah. That if you are around people that are assholes, you'll probably be an asshole and all you'll see is assholes, yep. right? If you're around good people, all you'll probably see is good people and everybody around you will seem good. So it's kind of one of those things right now where kind of hitting on what Kirby was saying is that we're getting fed the information in the same circles that we know. Yep. So if we're hanging around these circles, all they're feeding us is information from the circles, which completely tips our scales from one side to the other. And it makes us very black and white instead of all this beautiful gray in between. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, man, that was, that was really, uh, it was a really thought out answer. And I appreciate you guys sharing that. That was, Mm -hmm. that was nice. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a term for that. It's called an echo chamber. And Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I, I mean, I don't watch news. Like I, I, you know, research things that I'm interested in and things that I, I think are important but never take somebody's opinion for fact. Like always do your own research. For sure. And like, you know, I'll, I'll kind of kind of run into my answer because I'm, I'm in a similar kind of box as Kirby on the, on that segment. Overarchingly, uh, in terms of the question itself, I'm going to say no. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's a lot of it is the optimist in me. Um, but I would say two, two major reasons. Uh, the first being kind of similar to what I was saying in the last question is I do think a lot of things are are inherently uh, like cyclical. Like they go, they do run in that same circle mm-hmm. where it's, it is, you're going to come through these times where, you know, you bring society to this stress point, to this brink point where like you see that we, we kind of feel this way, but eventually that does kind of fall onto its head and we can kind of readjust and find its way back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason that we do feel that way, I think goes into that second point and kind of what Kirby was talking about, you know, about kind of our day jobs being a little bit more in stores and in, in the field and kind of in these seeing like other people's uh, interactions is that you see these micro interactions between people that kind of keep the faith in their own way Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. to Gums's point about being a product of your environment is like these people around you that you can kind of interact with in like these smaller matters really do affect the bigger picture more than I think most people understand. And in that, like there's only so much that we can give power to like these larger platforms that can kind of push us towards this, uh, theoretical dystopia mm-hmm. without these micro interactions really affecting the bigger way that we think about ourselves and about what we value. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that's kind of a way for us to kind of look at it. It's like, we're always going to get pushed to that brinking point, but at some point, like the, our environment, our interactions with each other and the way that we kind of do truly feel at our core is really what's going to help us kind of keep the wheel turning. And it's like the the bad part of the wheel is always going to be there. It's never going to not exist. And we're always going to go through that point. But it's like, how do you, yeah, how do you go and make sure the wheel keeps turning? And I think that's got to be more of kind of the focus instead of stopping the wheel in a spot where we end in this dystopia. 
For sure. And okay, so for my answer, I think we are headed towards a dystopia. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm uh, a little bit adverse compared to others. <laughs> I'm not giving you a timeline of like when we'll get there. Yeah. I'm just saying sure. like, hey, our direction is going to point us and maybe that's kind of just it's inevitable almost because I think that if it's at the very minimum, we'll agree it'll be environmental dystopia when we have 10 billion people or 10 trillion people on this planet and we just can't actually afford to feed them. We mm-hmm. can't afford to clothe them. Like eventually that's just going to crack under the pressure of multiplication. Like we can't yeah. actually sure. hold that. And then something will cleanse. We'll have a war or we'll have a some type of genocide or we'll have like a, whether that be like by the environment, like a volcano erupts. Yep. Like I think it'll balance in that type of way. In fact, I think it's always happened that way. where like the more we break out like this, something will cleanse us because it's like inevitable. Um, I also think right now, like we're, we're really seeing like the richer getting richer and the poor getting poor. Cause I consider myself middle-class, but Holy shit. Is it hard to be part of the middle class? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's just like, fuck. Like, like I don't, I make too much to get like, uh, to get a discount, so to speak. Right. I won't just call it like straight government aid, but like to get like a discount. Right. When I have a child, I'm going to have to pay like $400 a week. If, if I want to keep that child in daycare so that Mm -hmm. we can work or I can sit at home and lose even more money, but I don't not make, you know, I'm not, making not enough to where i can get some help for that and then it's like taxes and then it's like all this other shit that just compiles on what's called the middle class and it really is like you there really is no distinction in me anymore in between and why i think that's a dystopia is because you kind of see those movies where i truly believe that if you can imagine it you can create it that's Mm -hmm. kind of where almost everything's happened that's why when we read books from the 80s and TVs and stuff from the 80s and they talk about lightsabers or laser guns or whatever, we imagine that shit and now we've created it. Mm-hmm. So I think that we see these movies where you see like this giant gap between the wealth and the and the poor and then just the friction that it creates. Um, I think we, we definitely will have that sooner than later because there's just going to be so many more poor than there are going to be rich when you've got men like... Um, that have a few billion dollars in their pocket. Right. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like you never, you, you can't spend all that money. What do you do with it? And then I won't even get into, I don't even want to get into the politics behind of it's their money <laughs> and keep it because it's like, yeah, it's their money. Keep it. But I just want to say like, there are dystopians. I feel a dystopian future for us. that's kind of inevitable. And then you do talk about technology and say, Holy shit. Like I'm one that doesn't fear it. I already know we're being watched. I already know mm-hmm. we're being monitored. I already know all this. I don't care. And the reason I don't care is because what am I going to do to stop it? Right. Sure. Now, even if yeah, I yeah, got yeah. everybody to fucking rise up and say, hey, they're monitoring us. So the fuck what? <laughs> <laughs> they still got security cameras out there. They still yes. got this. They still got that. Like, as long as they're not actively using this recorded camera to spy <laughs> on me and then use that in in something to capture me, I'm fine. It, you know what I mean? Now, if they use that and say, okay, Mark Gums, we, we turned on your camera without you, and we seen what you were doing in your room, man, and now we're going to take you to jail, <laughs> that I have a problem with. Yep. But just like anything, that shouldn't be plausible and used in court, right? So as long as that type of stuff's not happening, like I could give a shit if my phone's making recommendations for me because sometimes I wanted that fucking dog carrier <laughs> that has the Minnesota Timberwolves on it. You know what yeah. I mean? So like I, I just don't – it's like, hey, there's pyramids under the ocean. And I go, so the fuck what? What are you going to do about it? And they just go, but there's pyramids <laughs> under the ocean. I'm like, I don't – so what? What are you going to do about it? And it's kind That's, of the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just in, – in, and so I think we're headed towards a dystopia future i don't know when we'll get there but one of these things will probably hit we just hope it's not fucking terminators and, and all this weird shit but uh you know probably we'll be gone before wally and everything else happens to us so. <laughs> yeah. yeah not in our lifetime that's the, <laughs> that's the 1984 concept where yeah. it's like you did yeah. you did something in your room and the camera picked it up while you didn't know it was happening next thing you know you're in jail kind <laughs> yep. of yeah, yeah like like yeah. Now, now that crosses the line you, know, you can't use that's not admissible in court so to speak even if they caught yeah. me doing it so so i wanted to bring up one last thing here kind of just hearing what you guys said and then we'll go on to another topic here but um you know i've always been like an optimist and i, I see that people are inherently good um um, and kind of like the point that Kirby and Pat said, you know, being out in public, they see it more than say me, you know, working from home and seeing, watching like the news and sports center and only seeing one thing. And like mm-hmm. a good example of that that's been spread around is like the other day there was a hostage situation in a synagogue where they held a bunch of Jewish people hostage mm-hmm. and they didn't even call them Jewish people. Like the, the media made it, uh, 
what people like they made it basically um they gave people a different view of what that media wanted that view to be so it's like you only get one side of things yep um and it just chooses what you know what people like to see so uh, what i want to what i'm trying to get to is like when i was in hawaii uh when i was working from home the first day i i was there um i went to this like uh pokey place and this person noticed i was a tourist the media you know said that um you know hawaii like the locals don't want people coming in like they're they're angry so i go to this pokey restaurant the first thing I, you know i'm like they're asked are you, are you from here i said no i'm tr- i'm visiting the person behind me bought me my lunch <laughs> and he said, welcome to Hawaii. Like mm-hmm. we love to have you here. Just, you know, make sure you're disrespectful. That's all we care about. Um, and welcome to the Island. Have fun. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. like there's things like that. So I don't know. It, it is scary to see that there is a, you know, dystopian future or it could be a possibility in the future, but I think it's more of like a global warming kind of thing versus like, yeah, I feel like, the media has pushed it, you know, so far one way where it's like, like I said, people are inherently good. I think they would, the people would, you know, revolt first before we got to that, that stage, you know? Hey everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode of the rolling credits podcast. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please drop us a like, hit that subscribe button. If you are listening to the audio only version of this podcast, please consider giving us a five star rating. It really helps us out. Now let's keep it rolling. Um, the next topic, you know, I want to bring up is, um, is utopia attainable, you know, and at what cost would that be attainable? I think that's kind of like a good thing to spin to. So, um, I want to start with you gums and we'll go from there. Yeah. Fuck. No, it's not no (laughs) possible way. If you're going to tell me that, uh, nothing can ever be perfect. Keep working at it. Right. Like old sports cliche, like you'll never be perfect. Practice, practice doesn't make perfect. Right. Practice makes consistent or some shit like that. Right. Like. Um, I don't think we'll ever have a utopia and a utopia is just like a perfect world, basically. Um, for me, for me, I think what, what like personally is stopping a utopia right now is like cancel culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I really, I really have this grudge against cancel culture. Like I have, a, I, I really fuck with them in the way of like, Hey, we should be uh, getting better from the things that cancel culture finds out. But the fact that we're just fucking erasing people off the face of the earth with this shit blows my mind. And so I'm like, you'll never have a utopia where you do more things to hide these things rather than fix these things. Mm -hmm. And so they really didn't fix it. What they did is just deleted that motherfucker. And and then I didn't see anything else about like the long term fixes. So Mm -hmm. in my in my opinion, uh, no, nothing will ever be a utopia. And if it is, you're caught in some fucking anime (laughs) protagonist, I jutsu, or you got like you're you're in the fucking matrix where you're plugged up and even then they didn't have a, a utopia because they needed your energy from the negative brain cells <laughs> like i'm just saying no so that's pretty fun yeah yeah pat um I, i'm with gums i i don't i don't see it being a possibility whatsoever but i'll also say too i don't think we want it i, I think it's i think yeah. utopia in and of itself is not a a, a thing to want to attain to in and of itself i I don't agree with the concept that good can exist without bad like i I don't (laughs) think because i think it's it exists in this common like the concept of being happy understands itself because you understand what being sad is like Mm -hmm. i i don't i don't think it makes sense to want a a utopian society because i think it strips a lot of who you are as an individual and i think you even see that in like you know as we're kind of circling back on these like movies and tv shows and stuff like that you watch things like black mirror or you see things like even like irobot and stuff like that that are like almost all of those shows and movies and those concepts stuff they introduce the world as utopia typically speaking Mm-hmm. Like it's usually mm-hmm. the first couple chapters are supposed to paint this as like this place is great. Like, this is awesome. Like yeah, you should Hogwarts. want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Like you should always want like that's usually how it's painted is like this place is great. And then about 30 minutes in, you're like, what the hell is happening here? Like, so it's usually Voldemort. like that. Yeah. You're like, wait, what the hell? There's this evil dude. Or like, what do you mean? The robots aren't chill. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, so 
I think it's just one of those things. Like, I think it's, I think it's illogical to want it. I think it's unattainable. I, I just don't think it makes sense to want to live in a utopia. In, in fact, I think that's where most of the villain plot comes from in most movies and <laughs> in, in literature. It's like the uh, trying to obtain some type of utopia, and this is where the villains goes off the fucking rail and starts murdering yeah, people for it. <laughs> the, yep. the only time yeah, I want a utopia yeah. is if there's like only like a hundred or like a thousand humans left. And then, then it seems obtainable because it's like a yeah. thousand of us could all agree on some shit and just be fine. So, yeah, <laughs> you just know, like, be stoked on what, it. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get past those numbers, it doesn't even matter no more. <laughs> um, but before you continue on there, there is a movie that is legit just like what you described. Have you guys seen The Island? Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. not. No. So it's basically like they all are in this like utopia, but they're like, I, f- I forgot the full premise of it, but it's like, uh, they all are shown like this island, this like happy place that everybody can go to. But then it's just like, I feel like this is going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen the movie, I, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because that'll just spoil it for you guys, actually. But Fuck. like, it, it, it's it, like watch the movie. It's basically exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, co- there's like a cost for that us. perfection, right? There's, there is a cost. There's a cost for yeah. it. Very so much like, hey, come, come do it. By the way, we're going to fucking murder your family, but you'll be, you'll be good. <laughs> Utopia, you know? So yeah. Utopia sounds like pudding, you know? So it's great. <laughs> sounds like pudding. There you go. Um, well, to, you know, the, the points that you guys made, like, no, I don't really think Utopia is attainable and I don't think we really should reach for it. Because, you know, as stated, like, there needs to be a balance. You can't really feel joy without feeling sadness. Like, they they coexist together, and without one, you can't have the other. Like, um, the, the utopia that people would search for would be just, like, this dull nothing where nobody feels anything and nothing ever happens because, you know, that it could go against somebody's beliefs. It could offend somebody. Um and you know i'm about to get real hufflepuff so uh so i'm taking this one for you pat (laughs) i'm in let's go (laughs) but like so utopia is really not attainable at least not in a conventional sense like everyone's idea of utopia is different so Mm -hmm. um like it can't really be built off of opposing ideas and the only way i think a utopia could really come about um would have to be with the individual um, it would have to be in a Damn. world where where people accept themselves for who they are um, and they accept the people around them for who they are. Um, like with me, like I've I've said this to many people over the course of my lifetime, like I don't care about your race, your gender orientation, like your sexual orientation, your background, your religion, whatever. Like if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. That's that's just, you know, something that I've I've strived to live by since i was since i was young and you know that would be the only way i could see we could reach some sort of semblance of a utopia it it really starts with the individual and then it radiates out to the people around you um Mm -hmm. like that that's the only way we're getting there and that's not going to be for everybody because there are those people that are inherently just pissed off at the world and they're going to hate you for whatever reason um that that's their own fault that's their own world that they're living in so and that's what makes like the shows like The Giver or um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is dating. Who's Aaron Rodgers dating right now? Uh, Shaley Woodley. Shaley Woodley. And what did she play in? A dystopian future movie. It was very widely acclaimed as a teenager flick. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Maze Runner, right? No. So it, basically, it was just a dystopian future where nobody had individuality anymore. Mm, mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those things where I think I always think that that's what's so awesome about those types of dystopian movies is because like inherently we at first we all think it's so perfect and we want that. Mm-hmm. And then they start showing those ugly scars yep. and then we're like, no, nah, fuck that. And then we're like kind of rise against the machine. And I just mm. really think that like that's very empowering and it's like a very uh, it's a trope that. Uh, keeps this divergent series by the yeah, way oh yeah yeah um oh, yeah. but it keeps us like kind of going and stuff like that so like these conversations uh while we're having it on an entertainment podcast it, it actually relates to like human nature and these movies that we watch of dystopia hit on these string chords of morality for us as mm-hmm. humans and this is kind of why these relate so heavily to our everyday lives and why we fucking enjoy these movies so much mm-hmm. is because we might be going through it and this is like a good answer a good thought process or experiment to like figure out what's what for us yeah. personally yeah so. it really 
hits. Yeah, yeah. it kind of yeah. connects yeah. back to like a lot of our real lives. Seeing you know um, these movies and like these characters like kind of rising up against like whatever it is that is you know keeping them in this dystopian you know mindset, be it the government, like you know, whatever. Um, it's just very cathartic for people because they see like elements of this in the world around them and they can't do anything about it or they feel like they can't do anything about it. So, yeah. you know, seeing it in that medium, like it, it can just be very cathartic for people. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out my movie and TV show review page called According to Seth. So it's at According to Seth and I'm on TikTok, Instagram and YouTube for some more amazing content and some fun clips. So make sure you stop by. I was going to say it hits so hard with like the preteen, why, why you see this so involved in the preteen genre or like the teenager genre is because we have fucking parents. And so all these teens are just like, oh man, fight the machine. Those are our fight parents telling us what to do. That's why all these kids are like young when they're doing these movies are coming out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh yeah. So yeah. something to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think you guys all hit get the nail on the head there. I, I don't think it's attainable either. And I don't think we would want it. But I think, you know, everyone's so divided these days. I think it would be hard to get to one common goal. At yeah. This oh, point. yeah. 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 So. yeah. Except for to like and subscribe to this podcast. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's one thing y'all need to do. Catch us out on your socials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shameless plug. Let's go. How about, you? How about that? That was a good one. <laughs> so uh, moving on here. Uh, next topic we got, you know, what was your favorite dystopian main character villain? And I know... You guys, we're all pretty much going to say the same person. Like, I, I no, we're know. not. I know we are. Okay, we'll go with uh, Kirby first. I'm going to go around here. Uh, I'm going to be surprised if you guys have the same pick. I mean, it yeah. wasn't really a villain. Um, it was a main character in the movie for me, but President Camacho from Idiocracy. <laughs> I was very wrong. I love that movie, man. Awesome. Just, yeah, we didn't I spend a lot of time movie. on that, but that movie's fucking incredible. Oh, that, and his idiocracy is phenomenal. Um, yeah. Casting was amazing. Like, I would have gladly sat through that entire movie if it was just following President Camacho around his daily life. 100%. I mean, Terry Crews is just amazing anyway, but that character is phenomenal. <laughs> I think that was like before Terry Crews was really like, like he was big, but he wasn't like Terry Crews, man. Yeah, like the yeah, way yeah. That he was, like you know, that we now think of him. Yeah, yeah. like Brooklyn Nine Nine really pushed him over the edge. But yeah, and he had done some great movies in the two thousands, but yep. like that was still pretty early on. Like, that was yeah, that was definitely his steamroll, his start of his steamroll. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, him I've and White Chicks movie. also was great. You got to see it, Seth. Yeah, oh my god, it's it great. Yeah. You'll love it. Oh yeah. man! You want to talk explaining. about satire and in, in that movie? That's what don't look up. Like, yeah. <laughs> wait till you oh. watch Idiocracy, man. It's gonna. I see Dak Shepard's in it too, and I love Dak Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. oh. Okay. Yeah. I'm let's gonna put, I'm gonna throw that on the list. Let's be perfectly clear. It's one of those movies where you're like, I might be losing brain cells watching this movie, <laughs> but sure. like you're like, man, this movie's so great. I'm so <laughs> okay. down to watch this. <laughs> yep. Definitely have a can of Mountain Dew at your side. Oh yeah. 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 Pat, what about oh, you? Oh man. Um, I, I, I really liked the movie iRobot. I loved Will Smith's mm-hmm. character in mm-hmm. iRobot, that Del Spencer, the, the, the police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like that kind of concept of him just kind of being, it's kind of like similar to like that, that like I am legend kind of character from him, right? Where he's just like always kind of pissed off a little bit, like, you know, just kind of gritty a little bit. Um, I think for me, obviously the nostalgia for me is going to be Guy Montag from, uh, Fahrenheit 451. Uh, I did like that character. I liked um, Michael B. Jordan's adaptation of him in the HBO movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great characters in this category. I think it's so uh, so versatile for a lot of these actors to kind of come in and, and do things in this category. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not even talking about V for Vendetta, you know, and how great that character is as well. But like, there's just so so much to be able to do in this space. Mm-hmm. Nice gums. Yeah, so I like Guy Ferrari in Man vs. Food. Um, and, no, 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 just kidding. Uh, I think I think my favorite like dystopian main character or villain is uh, is one of them is Koba from Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, yeah. he's just yeah. always okay. talking shit to Caesar. Like yep. you, Caesar weak, and Caesar's like not as weak as you, bitch. Like, <laughs> and like, like it's just like this whole thing where Koba like it's not even a human, but it's like this just is a thing that happens. So. 
it's an ape and it's just like oh my god like this is crazy cool just to see these like apes interacting and they're just like us and like i don't know it just adds some flavor text to it um I like Simon Phoenix from Demolition oh, Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he plays a crazy cool uh, villain in a dystopian future, and mm-hmm. like, who doesn't like Wesley Snipes? Like, yep. Um, and then President Snow. I think President mm-hmm. Snow is really good mm-hmm. uh, from the Hunger Games. Like that dude was just malicious and like evil, and I just felt like he was untouchable for the longest time. Yeah. And all I kept saying is like, let's get him. Like we got to get President Snow. You know, <laughs> we just couldn't get him until like the very end. And I just feel like those were some of. I know I went villain here, but I'm definitely an anti-hero type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So I went villain. Um, and those are like my some of some of them, not all of them, but some of them that I really say these guys are my favorite. Koba being my number one because he's mm. just a badass ape. Yeah. Nice. I like yeah, that. we definitely didn't really talk about the Hunger Games series as much in this pod, and I think it's just because there's so much content to be talked about. But yeah, President sure. Snow was a, that was a great villain character. He did a really good job. It was written well in the books, like just the the epitome of like that that kind of government control concept that really made you just really want to hate that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like just did, did such a good job of like understanding like that role so well. Yeah. And, and he had like, he had like this, um, like I said, with every villain, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it just spirals into just this villainy. And president snow was like, we have to do this for the balance of these colonies. Everybody's got to do their part. And, and, and because of the war that had happened. So we got to run yeah. this shit efficiently. Yeah. And then you kind of were like, oh, president, I kind of see no F you, president. <laughs> yeah. F you. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I honestly thought we would all have some same, some similar answers, but everybody going around made me think of somebody. And I honestly don't know how we totally glossed over this movie. I, I did so. originally want to see, you know, say the Terminator T-800 <laughs> hey. or V because I love V from Dead. It is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we didn't bring this up and my pick is going to be Lilu from The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. There you okay. go. That's, dope. That's yeah. a good pick. Mm. I love that movie. And I honestly, I was like, wait, we didn't bring this up at all. And I was <laughs> like, that, that, that is a, a great, great dystopian film right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dread so also makes my top five. So Yeah. Mm. And it takes place in the 23rd century. Oh, yep. So <laughs> flying cabs. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Oh, uh, yep. yeah. It's Still Gary Oldman's in, in it. Still alive in the 21st yep. century making yep. movies. Yep. Gary Oldman's in it. Chris Tucker. It was a great it film. Great, great movie. Film. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Lilo is my pick for sure. <laughs> Fucking 90s were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Good times. So, um, heading to this last segment here. Um, you guys all went, right? I'm just. Yeah. 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 Get, okay, good. So, yeah. I want to make sure. Um, the, the last segment here I wanted to ask is, you know, does absolute power corrupt abs- absolutely? I don't, I don't know what. Gums, I'm going to let you ask this question, actually. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you asked it correctly. Does absolute power corrupt absolutely? So just main, meaning if, if let's just pretend you're Superman, are you going to do what the fucking comic book Superman does? Or will eventually you say, well, I'm going to cut a corner here and I'll cut a corner here. Oh, I'm kind of broke. I'm just going to take a little from this bank because I know nobody can stop me. Like, eventually, does absolute power corrupt absolutely? Uh, my opinion is yes, unless you're Superman. I mean, that's only because of plot armor. And that's because somebody wrote him in to be that way so that we'd have like this hope of perfectness, right? And so I think that if you do have absolute power, you have no checks or balances, you will corrupt. Um, and the reason behind it is because kind of like the same thing about um, trying to have this utopia, nobody's ever going to agree on the same utopia. So while you have this absolute power, nobody's going to agree with you 100% all the time, meaning you, they're going to see you as corrupt, right? And so it's kind of like an eventuality you can't escape from. So I think, yes, if you've got that type of power, um, it will corrupt you. Um, whether you see it as corruption or not is a different story. Um, but that's my answer behind that, man. Mm-hmm. I think I think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think staying on the, on the superhero subject, right? They did make that it was it was like a semi kind of horror ish kind of movie about like the idea of like if Superman Superman like you know in, in a real society like growing up if he like didn't choose to be good 
or like when he was like going like through like his teenage years and like actually mm. like had hormones and stuff like that that like a, a person bird. that would, would yeah yep. like that they move where like superman would actually kind of freak out and like not like do the right thing all the time yeah kind of brings up that concept of like you know we had really had someone who was the flash you know running around like we're gonna sit here and tell me that Flash would be a goody two shoes all the time, or that like you know if we if somebody truly made an Iron Man suit that that would be good for society kind of thing. It is a it is that kind of concept of like you really hinge really on these plot points in these movies on the on the general good of people, and the plot can sometimes make you turn someone who maybe isn't into like this big hero. But it's more often than not that that probably wouldn't be the case. Like so, mm-hmm. at least in that regard, yeah, no way. I, you know, it's you're you're going you're going mad with power pretty goddamn quickly. Like, and from the more realistic point of view, from what kind of we're talking about relative to utopias and 1984 and all these things, it's it's definitely one of those things like left unchecked and left without forms of power. You know, you're you're always going to see people take things a little bit too far. And yeah. take things just like that next step. That this seems to be the to. this seems to be the premise actually of almost every dystopian movie mm-hmm. is this absolute power corrupting these these individuals because like we have President Snow, you know we yeah. we have an idiocracy like the the President Camacho right he wasn't mm-hmm. doing a great job of running that thing but it, it was you know what I mean like this that was like environmental destruction but at the same time that was because somebody had the absolute power to launch nukes or something like that whatever happened in that movie mm-hmm. so like all of these I think all these dystopian movies and even the books and stuff are kind of based on somebody that had once had absolute power and wrecked everything or is trying to obtain absolute power mm-hmm. and is wrecking everything so yeah good point, I think Pat. so I think so often you see it where it is like and I think you see this in some of the best villains that exist in these books and movies that it's almost always somebody that like has this really like, good core idea or like, this really like genuinely like mm-hmm. good person style of idea. But to Gums' point, it's just you're given too much. You take it one step too far because maybe it is they, they hinge it on the idea of, you know, I just couldn't hold on to my idea without sacrificing who I was or I couldn't relinquish this power to somebody else in the hopes that they could do it and then it spirals out of control or somebody else wants to take control of what they have and they take over and then it goes bad so it's like it's one of those things that it's like yes has to be absolute power corrupts absolutely because you don't have checks and balances nothing to kind of keep people in check and and keep the the status quo moving forward so so seth to answer your question are superhero movies dystopian (laughs) man i think that's pretty right that's good evidence (laughs) and it's funny you guys are all talking about like talking about this and i'm not gonna get my answer yet but y'all are just explaining north korea right now (laughs) 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 like this is kim Uh, jong-un like yeah i mean yeah there's there's a lot of arguments for that in a lot of societies these days you had to bring it up (laughs) <laughs> well that's a lot of uh a lot of governments that have total control over their population yeah. it's definitely not just north korea no um, yeah. and that's why these movies hit like they do yeah is because we can see some relation to real reality yeah so. but i mean i think that human nature kills the concept of being able to wield absolute power without consequence um because we are inherently self-serving and we are yep. inherently greedy and prone to corruption so there's no way that you can have a being unless it's written by a person in a superhero movie that would be able to wield any sort of absolute power without putting themselves first so there's yep. just no way it's gonna happen nobody's lifting Mulginor in this bitch you know the thor's hammer <laughs> like nobody that thing stays on the ground y'all i just keep getting like memories of movies that i'm thinking about like bro schmeagle <laughs> Like yeah. the fucking Smeagol. ring. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Like Frodo. Point. Yeah. Frodo puts it on and he turns evil for like a little bit. Like yep. corrupt. Bilbo did. Yeah. Look at the, did, uh, look at the effect did. that the Horcrux had on like Ron. On Ron. And, yeah. 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 My boy. Yep. Like it's just spawning all this. It, and but was that your full answer, by the way? Kirby? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. Okay. That was it. I, I agree with, you know, everybody. I don't, I don't think it's possible because I think, you know, once you get that power, you're not learning anymore. You're not like, I think life is about learning lessons and like, you know, becoming a better person. Whereas if you're just going to do everything and take over, you're not going to learn those lessons and things like that. Um, 
so yeah, I, I definitely, I, I don't think it's possible for sure. And and that's why Shield was created, you know. Yep. Because of like, <laughs> hey, we need some checks and balances in this thing, or we could get screwed. Or or Batman, because Batman just beats everybody's ass when yep. they get out of line. Yep. Like Batman don't care. So <laughs> <laughs> you got eventualities and continuality plans. So um, I, crazy cool. I mm-hmm. was gonna say too, another you know another thing that could be kind of chalked up to this is like all of like the Hollywood elites who like got canceled during me too. Oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is like Very an true. example here of having all like absolute power and nobody being able to do anything until recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or look so, at the, uh, the fallout from like the uh, Epstein trials and all that yeah. stuff. That's yep. it's coming back. And you're so, seeing, you're seeing some of these like, you know, childhood heroes in a different light and in, in, in a re- like reality pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy to think Fucking about. Like, reality. Yeah. When you actually like dig into this question, like it's all around us, kind of in a way. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. where all this stuff comes from. This is yeah. where this entertainment comes from, because whether we choose to admit or not, it's literally they're just writing shit they've already seen, yeah, you know, or know, yeah. About, and it's just a different commentary on points that we know whether or not we see it or not is just yeah. you know up to up to the viewer. Yeah. Nice philosophical perspectives, right? Man, let's go write a movie. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> let's write it up. Somebody hey, get the uh, board out. Yeah. Fire it up. Hundred dollar budget. Woo! See now yeah. we uh, dollar budget. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. There you go. Start pitching yeah. these uh, these movie ideas. Somebody's gonna start listening to these from the studios. They'll like be like, "Oh yeah, that was a great idea." <laughs> Honestly, though, this this was like the most philosophical, like in depth, like conversation we had. I really enjoyed this one. So uh, yeah. I hope the audience did too. Um, you know, Put a warning always, on this one, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah throw, throw. trigger warnings all trigger, over this yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. We get deep in it. Yeah, yeah. So fucking Kirby. Um, but you know, some, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, sometimes you got to. I, you you got to get deep. But to have those hard 100%. conversations, um, I think it's important too. Like, obviously, we're you're in a podcast about movies and things like that. But it's always good to have these conversations too. And I think it it makes everybody everybody better for it so yeah. um and it relates yeah. it relates to the movies too because yeah. it's literally what we're in, in, in engorging on in this entertainment industry is just these different ideals and principles directed yeah. towards us in this cinematography yeah. right yeah. so like yeah and we just name dropped like 10 of them in, in a row of like that are very similar to the last topic so um all in all though guys like i said hope you all enjoyed it gums send us off baby time to rise up and like and subscribe our podcast as the planet of the apes would say quite an experience to live in fear isn't it that's what it is to be a slave let's keep it rolling thanks for joining us on another episode of the rolling credits podcast be sure to give us a listen on apple Podcasts, spotify audible google play or a full video recording on our youtube page and be sure to check us out on our social medias at rolling credits podcast on instagram and tiktok thank you and we'll catch you on the next one